Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today is Sunday, June 13th. This is episode 143. I am Tony. I'm Dennis. And we've got some stuff to cover, and E3 is underway. Underway. So we're it's gonna... weird. Normally, E3 is like a yes during the week thing, but it, yeah. But these are, these are strange times. We're not in the end times anymore. We're in the post-end times. But because of that, we're going to knock this one out pretty quick because we got EA, Microsoft, and Bethesda coming up here. And so we only have a little, we have about an hour window, actually. So we should yep. have plenty of time to get through it. But should be. But well, that does not mean we skip out doing on intros. So what's going on, Tony? You're still playing Final Fantasy? I'm playing Final Fantasy. I've been joined by a few of our friends uh, online on my server. Uh, I have created an EGP link shell. Mm. Uh, so if anybody is on uh, the data center's primal, the server is Lamia. Let me know. Uh, drop your name or something in an email or on Facebook and wherever. Uh, That's Eclectic Gamers Podcast at gmail.com. There you go. And we can, I, I can get you found out in a link shell sent. Um, but I've been still having a lot of fun with it. Uh, I, it, I'm still in the easily distracted. My, I haven't tried any combat-related jobs other than uh, I finally progressed far enough, enough, far enough that I have the sub jobs for Arcanist. So I've got Summoner and Scholar, which is basically DPS or Healer with uh, Pet, and I've played those, and I've played no other combat jobs. But I have almost every crafting job over fifty. I don't <laughs> even have combat over fifty. Where I'm forty-two. <laughs> But I think the only things I don't have over 50 is, uh, alchemist, uh, cooking and fishing are all in the twenties. Uh, armorer is 48 and leather worker is 49. So I should have those two over 50 pretty quick. Hmm. And, but otherwise, yeah, that's basically what I've been doing and lots of, uh, Hunting my own stuff and then selling it. So, uh, otherwise, that's the joys of my life lately. What have you been up to? Uh, I have uh, started Gears 5 for real. Like, now I've actually really started it, not like confused with Gears 4 started it. So, so. Did you finish Gears 4 first? I did. And then started Gears 5. Mm, yeah. As is appropriate. It is. So, I, I'm, um, I am, uh, somewhere in Act 2. Okay. Pretty early in Act 2, I think Chapter 2 of it. I don't know. I, I played a couple of days ago and died, uh, but I, I'm still clearly in the chapter I, I got into. I just, I know there was a somewhat like five or seven minute section that I'll have to redo because yeah. I screwed up. Um, and then other than that, I will note that I had been uh, working on a project with a, a group, Literarily Wasted, mm-hmm. is what they're called. They do is a book club, online book club. And they wanted to write a book, a choose-your-own-adventure-style book. So that's actually out now in a limited-edition hard copy, but July 1st is when the Kindle version is released. So I'll have a link in the show notes if anyone wants. It's 99 cents. Yeah. It's an adult-oriented, like it's got substance use and stuff in it. Uh, choose-your-own-adventure <laughs> stuff. choose-your-own-adventure porn. Yeah, well, beer, that, might be, beer, beer. that might be the, that might be Take a Shot Stories number two. This is Take a <laughs> shot, shot Stories number one, Beach Trip Beware. Uh, sounds sounds like the normal theme anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that reminded me. Uh, so I went and checked because I thought I had an email, but I was so busy with the pandemic stuff, I didn't pay too much attention. I had a, a 
publisher or an editor uh, contact me uh, months ago about rerunning one of my stories that she had on her vampire website, your sparkly vampire, sparkly vampire website. Yes. So she's actually pushed out, I think three collections of stories. So I, and one of mine that she ran years and years ago is in, in one of those. So that's called Fanker's Inc. An anthology of vampire stories. I think that's two ninety nine in Kindle. So I've got a link there in the show notes as well. Anyone wants to buy those with full disclosures that, there may be financial benefit to me if you buy these. I have to phrase it that hedge-like, because honestly, I don't remember what my contracts say. <laughs> so there might be a benefit if there are enough sales on either book. I don't recall anything that's actually going to get me paid. So, I just signed. I just, they go, here, like, we need you to sign this she contract. Paid me, like, cool. She paid me for the story years ago. Yeah, um, and you know, short stories like money was always really. Like, you were lucky. You, you were you were like here's two dollars. Yeah, if you got like ten dollars, it was like holy cow, rolling big. And I don't think they pay much better now than they did in the early two thousands. So. so, but anyway, but those are those are out there because I don't really write fiction much anymore. Um, so speaking of writing, we had a couple people write into us, and I'm going to jump us now into the pinball segment because both of the emails are related to pinball. Not too surprised. Not a surprise at all. So, uh, I got a couple of pinball topics that we'll do after this, but all right. So the first email, a listener wrote in, asked to remain anonymous, but wanted to contribute some thoughts on the distributor discussion that we had two shows ago. And we also had the email from another listener that we discussed on the last episode about, you know, the, the value of having a distributor right. in pinball. So. This is the relevant part of the anonymous email that came in for that we're going to talk about, or I'm going to read out for this episode. I think it will fade with time as well. I'm only speaking from my experience, but the main benefit of the current model for the game purchaser is the dealer is supposed to be a mediator and advocate for the purchaser. In reality, this doesn't seem to be the case. I got an early JP Jurassic Park Pro and had quite a bit of issues with my clear coat. I ordered from a very popular dealer and never felt like they were in my side with the situation. They just told me to document the problem and never did anything as the problem progressed. I ended up getting a playfield from them almost a year later and only because I was pretty public about my issues in a consistent email every two weeks. Some other reasons I believe the distributor model is unneeded are that Stern already dropship games. They could still sell at the current MSRP and use the money to hire more staff to handle the increased responsibilities and more consistent brand marketing with only one source of information. I hope my points come across in a constructive criticism instead of a distributor bashing that I believe the model needs to go away or at the very least reworked. So another perspective. So I just wanted to get that. Always acceptable. Yep. So I wanted to get that out there to all the listeners. I feel like this is becoming like the a pen pen pal topic where it's just. We spent like two minutes on it. I know, and for it such just a tiny on. little throw-in, not a big deal thing that we thought at the mm. time, it's quickly become maybe we should have done. Maybe because you know we had big. the we had a couple. We read the one email the last time that was more on the sort of pro distributor side versus the tone of our original discussion. And I had two. We had two messages in that same time. They weren't things to read out to right. the audience, but that were clearly. We like what you said in the original one, like good coverage sort of thing. Uh, and then, yeah, it's just been, it's apparently people find this one more interesting than we thought they would. Yeah. So, uh, who kn- maybe at some point we go we, in deeper, but without having like a distributor on, it would be, I think, challenging to really, because we don't know enough about the business right. in my, in my view too. We can, of course, our angle was always just coming at it from like a 
manufacturer perspective. Right. But we don't work for them either, so what do we know? I don't know. We're just professional podcasters. That's what we That's do. What making, the, making the big we, bucks. We cast the pods. We mm. see what's going on. We do. Now, we got another email, not related to distribu- distribution. Uh, Chris C. emailed regarding our deep root discussion we had on the last episode. Uh, more specifically, this is about kind of where I had mentioned not seeing a lot of defenders of deep root in mm-hmm. the pen side thread I've been reading. So Chris wrote and said, there's a separate Raza, quote, owners, and then parenthetically he says, depositors? Uh, threat. I would expect any, suspect any defenders are there and have abandoned the cesspool of the original DR See, threat. See, I've wondered about that. Continuing his email, the original thread has devolved into haikus of D. <laughs> this is true. It has, has devolved into haikus of DR's ineptitude with the occasional Ben Heck drunk or D on DR and or J pop. The thread is clearly in the end game of DR hating and are just grinding for unique mats for dank DR related meme sets at this point. I would like to invite anyone with the dankest of memes to go ahead and in our show notes, we always have a link to the EGP Discord, and we do have a section for dank memes. We do have a dank meme section. So, we would welcome DR dank memes, or any memes. Yeah. I, really. I just recently posted that wonderful uh, queen meme. You did? <laughs> yeah. I mean, now, to be fair, Gaming on 10's Discord has, like, the most active meme game of any of the Discords I am in. Yes. But I, we are number two. I, I read it, uh, oh, of the ones I'm in, we're like no, number two. Of the ones 47. I'm in, we're number two. Okay. <laughs> the ones I'm in. So how many discords do you, do you actively follow? I'm on like six. <laughs> yeah. I'm on about, I, I'm on about ten. I'm not super active in very many of them. And like three of them are, it's weird. The meme section of discords that are set specifically around, uh, historical YouTubers who, you know, talk about historical stuff. Mm-hmm. The meme sections are weird. Huh. You've seen some of them because I've posted, yes, I've sent you right. some of them that are just like crazy. It's hilarious though. But <laughs> back on to pinball. All right. So next topic, orig- original topic, new topic, number one of two for number today. One. Just another quick one. Um, and I mistyped it in my uh, internal show notes. Uh, Multimorphic is teasing a licensed theme. Oh. And. They have announced that Scott Denisi is on for music. Now, Scott Denisi is known for designing both for Spooky, Rick and Morty, and he did the music for that as well, and then Total Nuclear Annihilation, which, other than art, he did basically everything for. So, now he's not designing this game, but he's doing the musical package work. People have been all over the place trying to guess what this licensed theme might be. I don't... It could be... It's such, it's too open. I think it's too open to make any guess. I mean, Multimorphic doesn't, they've never done a license before. So there's no like thematic direction we can really run with, with them. If I were to speculate, it would be given Scott favors electronica and EDM style music that a video game license would give them the most options that would play to his preferred genre of music. But again, he did the sounds for Rick and Morty. I, I don't think he has to be confined to right. kind of thumping EDM TNA style soundtrack. So <laughs> given that, yeah, it's too hard to guess. It's just with the screen and everything, gaming, like games seems to be something I really think. Well, it's a huge gap in the market. And, I mean, the a-hole in me wants to be 
But no, you want the a hole in me wants it to be Back to the Future, just so we can shut up oh, about that'd it. Be so good! Oh my gosh, just, that would be so good. Oh, that'd be hilarious. I would like a company just to put out, just start, just start putting out, just trolling meme pinball machines. I know it's way too expensive <laughs> to ever happen. Oh my god, it'd be hilarious. Ugh. Do the somebody put out a Ghostbusters machine, but it's that crappy Ghostbusters cartoon, the one oh. the Ghostbusters oh. the real Ghostbusters. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so good. I mean, I mean, what? I mean, we want to throw out other things that way. I mean, hey, you want to sell a whole bunch of units? Harry Potter. There we go. Yeah. Get Harry Potter. There you go. Just play the movies on that huge screen <laughs> in the play field. That you, be- you use the same module as Cannon Lagoon. Who cares? It's Harry Potter. You don't right. need it to actually be fun. It's going to happen. People are going people are to buy it. That's right. It's not about fun when it comes to Harry Potter. No. It's about being able to watch the movies <laughs> sideways on the screen. They're <laughs> <laughs> turning their head because you want to get that widescreen perspective. So anyway, but uh, I think it's exciting news for P3 because uh, it is, as baby. we've commented before, I mean, Heist from a gameplay perspective got a lot of really positive buzz, but no one got to try it last year because it because everything got shut down before the right. TPF where they were going to really but showcase it. Imagine how much better Heist would have done. If it was the same layout and the same general idea, but it was Ocean's Eleven. Well, you know, exactly. So we have commented, I have over on the pinball show with Zach numerous times on that licenses sell stuff. It does. I mean, even if they're just going to be short term from a, from a vendor perspective, who cares? As long as you sold units, you made money. Right. So if they're flipping them on the back end, you know, if they're not, if it's not sticking and staying in the home, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It may not play to your main strategy that you're right, you know, because Multimorphic clearly has a very different approach they to do. everyone else because they're really relying on people bolting those to the floor and then constantly buying modules from them. All right. But we've always said that their thing is they need a draw mm-hmm. and they haven't had a good draw. But I think you know Scott is well loved by pinball fans, so and especially for his music. I know people that weren't super keen like on the Rick and Morty layout, but I haven't heard anyone criticize the sound package right. for it or TNA. So other than those that just like despise the sound genre. Like they hate sound. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, I, I I play in total silence. That's right. I have to that way. I can I hear, hear the, the ball. I want to hear the clunk. I can the hear clunk, the ball clunk. in the mix. I oh. need to be able to understand. I need to hear the clunks. So uh, so good on Multimorphic. <laughs> I think that's exciting news. And then uh, other news, which is pretty interesting, maybe exciting depending on your perspective. Uh, American Pinball. Okay, so they have an interview with as like three of them, like David Fix, uh, Makesh, and. Uh, uh, Nermal, I believe, are the three who were who were interviewed over with Pinball News and Pinball Magazine podcast. I have a link in the show notes to that podcast episode with the interview. And the interview is towards the front of the podcast. So I encourage people that want to know more to please go and listen to the interview. We are not going to recap the whole interview here because right. why would we just drop in another show's interview? Yeah, so, I don't know. Why would somebody do that? I don't know. That's so just lowbrow. Mm. Yeah. Especially when you literally drop in the entire audio of the interview. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It is. It seems like something, a real uh, special piece of work. Like a, a bag with a D in front of it yeah. would do? Yeah. yeah it does. Seems, it does. Hmm. Interesting. What? Interesting. Who would have thought such things exist in pinball? I know. Uh, I mean, I am personally shocked. But what I am not shocked about is what has gone on here with American pinball. So, American pinball was sort of seen as a sister company, child company 
some other related company to Aimtron. Right. Which exists and makes boards, like does electrical, like, yeah, they do like, uh, like French circuit board. Yeah, PCB. Yeah. So American Pinball is now owned by Aimtron, is now under Aimtron. They're still going to brand it as American Pinball, but now it's directly just a part of Aimtron. So that's a pretty big change up. Uh, in the interview, there are a couple of things of note that I was want to touch on here and we could briefly discuss. One is, uh, it was still pointed out they are planning starting this year, it seems, to do two release, two game releases a year instead of this like game release every 12 to 18 months. Sure. Okay. But that these next, these games coming out this year will not be licensed. The licensed stuff got started too late. It's going to be with Dennis Nordman's designs, which are going to start in 2022. And then, also mentioned, uh, per query, though there was no fixed date or game that I heard given in the interview, given Aintron makes boards, they indicated that they are going to move away from the P3 rock system of Multimorphic. Which makes sense. Which do- does in this But case. that hurts, that's a lot of people who dump the P3 rock. Yeah, I was going to say, do you, uh, my guess is it's just coincidence, but it's kind of weird to have, I mean, here in, like, the la- just all at the start of this year, we've heard Spooky's dropping it, Haggis is dropping it, and now American Pinball is dropping it. And that leaves no major manufacturer. Interesting. And with Multimorphic just teasing a licensed theme, did they get found out in the licensing? Was there a licensing bid war for something? Did people get angry. But surely it wouldn't have impacted all three of them. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought so. Well, right, so like... So like it's Haggis, I I thought it might, it's just coincidence. That's my guess. Here and this is why. In an interview where Ben Heck talked about Spooky moving away, it's he made it clear in that that their change was money. Like it'll be cheaper for them to do Pin Heck 2.0 than to continue to buy boards from Multimorphic. Yeah, I don't know. Multimorphic did a price increase or or anything along those lines. It may have just been it's cheaper to do our own boards. Right. American Pinball with it being under Aimtron. I always thought it yeah. was weird. And they, in this interview, they point out the reason they went with P3 Rock in the first place was just, you know, they brought in J-Pop initially and they, and the whole fiasco with his version of Houdini and they needed to get a game out ASAP. And so taking stuff off the shelf that was known to work made sense for them. Makes and they just sort of stuck with that. But now, and again, we don't know when this transitions away. Right. And then with Haggis, they did like what, 18 Celts machines with, I mean, they're not a major manufacturer. Uh, and with this decision to do these licenses under planetary pinball, the old Williams and Valley licenses, they're going to completely, so I don't think they went for any licensing. That could have happened maybe with, with American pinball. Right. But like in the case of Haggis, I don't know why that they're, and they're not going in house. They're going over to the fast, the fast system, I believe. So, which I don't think has ever been used by a, a manufacturer before. So maybe there was just something that they thought would make that easier to, to do these 2.0 versions of like Fathom and stuff. I don't, I, again, I don't know. I've never, yeah, I've not know. heard them comment on that. So I think it's just a weird coincidence, but that could mean it is now extra timely that Multimorphic is putting out a licensed game because if this was like helping keep all that afloat. Yeah. Like I don't know if the homebrew is strong enough anymore. With the cost of wood and everything as much as it is, I don't know how many people oh, are homebrewing. Oh man, it's so bad. But I just don't, I just don't think there's a huge homebrew market. I don't think it's big enough to support a company. So, so anyway, so, but I think with, I think Multimorphics positions itself pretty well on its P3 with the, I mean, 
we'll have to see. Depends right. on what the license is, and depending on the strength of the license. Jones's diary. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, <laughs> depending on the strength of li- like, if it's not like a license that's a take my money now sort of license, it could still help. It, but it's, it, it's the the Beauty and the Beast TV show from the eighties, oh, and they got Ron, Ron Perlman. There we you go. know what? It would be hard to resist. You'd have to buy one. You'd almost be required. Almost. But the, uh, <laughs> almost. I really like his, uh, I really like his character in uh, Enemy at the Gates, actually. Oh, Sniper. yeah. Yeah. You know, that'd be fun. Just a Ron Perlman machine. It's just him. Uh, it's just, it's just yeah. quotes from him from different movies that he's in. I said, back off darkness. <laughs> Maybe we don't put that one in. Uh, but uh, but but the, my 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 theory with licenses is the uh, the weaker the license, the stronger your layout and rules have to be. Right. So if you've got a super awesome license, like again, if it's Harry Potter, it can be straight up fan layout. Hit every shot three times to activate something. Total dog of a rule set doesn't matter. Harry Potter will just move. Yeah. Because people have no class in this hobby when it comes to Harry Potter. But. If it's, oh, you but can take if it's the heist layout rules and just plug it on top of all the imagery from the new Army of the Dead. Hmm. It's the zombie well, but, heist. But movie. no, you had a, a great example. You had a great example. If you done, if you had done Ocean's Eleven instead of Heist, you still would have needed a decent layout. Right. Ocean's Eleven is just not strong enough to sell a lot of games by itself. Right. People watching Julia Roberts and George Clooney and Brad Pitt getting a Hollywood funded vacation is not that fun. <laughs> It's fun. It's not that fun. Gone in 60 seconds. The pinball um, machine. So, uh, any thoughts on the two releases a year part for American Tobacco on American I'll believe it when I see it. Same. I mean... It, it, it's the same thing I, I mean, say with anybody who is it, not stern and wants to release more than one machine in a year. Show me. Yeah, and where's the first one? I mean, they were talking in the interview, like, one of these is in the fall, so I'm guessing at, like, Expo. So that's October, which means, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, it's almost we're mid June. We're mid June already. <laughs> it's a little late if you're planning to do another one. Unless, unless you're gonna, unless the unless plan like is a to really drop. limited run or something, right? Or it could be, it could be one of those Christmas present drops where they drop it right at the end of the year just to slip it in, kind of like you know at the movies where yeah. they'll where, where they'll they'll release that Oscar bait movie. Well, I thought the, the thing is, the I thought one of them had said something about here in the spring. Which here in the spring. I mean, we're te- I mean, technically seasonally we are still in spring, but no one thinks we're in spring. No, I don't know. it's like a hundred degrees outside. Yeah. It ain't spring. Well, that's it for Pinball. <laughs> Let's go ahead. Now, video games is an exciting time, as we noted. We're recording this while E3 stuff is happening. We yep. had E3 stuff happen yesterday, uh, which I watched uh, three different presentations. You have a lot of summary stuff. Just from- summary stuff. I, the only my, the only one I watched not at high speed was Devolver because yeah 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 and, and yeah so the the three that I saw yesterday were were Ubisoft which was the one with the most game content right Devolver because it's Devolver and then Gearbox and Gearbox had less game stuff than Devolver did yeah. So I don't have anything positive to say about about Gearbox. It felt like they spent half their presentation talking about the Borderlands movie they're working on, and it just it to me reeked of, "Hey, look, I'm a studio owner. Here's me because I need to be the star, trying to you know show that I'm rubbing elbows with these Hollywood elites." It was really is, tacky. Borderlands Three is crap. I've played it. 
It's nowhere near. It doesn't have the same charm or enjoyment. Okay, I only played the first two. Of Borderlands 2. It, it, it doesn't have the same enjoyment. Uh, it hasn't been nearly as popular. And they don't really have anything else. Yeah, the, oh, the other weird thing. Here we are talking about, well, I mean, we don't really have it in show notes. So I, the other weird thing was during the, the presentation, like they're doing a Homeworld remastered. They didn't just sit there and show it. They kept like interspersing weird little clips of it all throughout. So I was like, why are you still talking about Homeworld? Why are we back to, like, why aren't you, why don't you just sit there for five minutes and tell us yeah. about Homeworld? What? I mean, there's supposed to be a new, uh, I mean, whatever. Homeworld 3 is being worked on, supposedly, but. I mean, I love the Homeworld games. Mm-hmm. I own Homeworld Remastered. I played Homeworld Remastered. Uh, I played the original Homeworld. I played Homeworld 2. But we'll see. It's one of those things that I'd like it, but we'll see what actually happens. And uh, for Devolver, it's not a long presentation. I I just Devolver does kind of like a storyline thing with their E3 presentations. So. It's just cracking. And they usually are poking their finger in the eye of uh, of some bad habit that the gaming industry is doing so i would just encourage people to just go and watch it yeah i would do the same so ubisoft so we're gonna open with ubisoft uh they dropped a trailer for avatar frontiers of pandora announced in 2017 i just i know there's supposed to be more avatar movies coming out but i'm it, if gaming has taught me anything, it's to be skeptical of all movie-based tie-in games. Yeah, and I was just like, it, it looked pretty. It was, it looked pretty, but it was pretty. But was it really? I mean, here's the thing: it's being developed by Massive Entertainment. Uh, they did the Division. Okay. Uh, I never played it. They've got, but it's it's a first-person open-world action adventure. I mean, okay. I yeah. So I, it so basically it, it 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 it's 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 blue penis head alien Far Cry. Okay. I I mean, I would really only be interested if they will. Uh, and I I think I might have ver- verbalized this when I was seeing it going on. I was like, Avatar, really? I guess I'll play it if they'll let me destroy their planet mining for unobtainium. That's about it. <laughs> I want to strip mine that place. Yeah. I think it would be an interesting, different just approach. Yeah. And then it's a resource gatherer, and then I could turn it into tower defense or something. I don't know. <laughs> Stay away from my strip mining. Let me ruin your world. <laughs> I just I just, I just, want, I want to take that game and have somebody mod it and reskin it so that it's moved to the 40K universe and just, <laughs> wa- and, and just watch it. <laughs> okay, docket, 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 docket. Yeah, there we go. All the funds. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ubisoft also had uh, Mario and Rabbids. Yeah, the Sparks, Sparks, Sparks of Hope. Hope. Uh, the Mario Rabbids game, I enjoyed. Did you finish it? I did. Uh, see, I talked yeah. to someone else who I asked them, "Are you getting this?" And they said. I didn't finish the last one. Yeah, I didn't finish the last one. It was fun when uh, while I played it. I played a lot of it originally, but part of the thing is, is I've not touched my Switch. I don't have a Switch. My wife refers to it as her Switch now. Mm. She has modded it. <gasps> it is different colors. It has all these special gel cap fancy things on it. it I don't have a Switch anymore, and it's cool because I wasn't playing it. Uh, I, I, I got the Switch just like I got the PS4 and I haven't played the PS4 in 
You got it for Spider-Man, and you played Spider-Man. I did. And I played a few other games, but I... And the thing is, the way everything's moved is all... Pretty much all the games that I wanted to play on console, I can play on PC. So, I'll just play them on PC. Right. So I understand. That, that, that's what that is. Um, they did have a big issue, Ubisoft did, with leaks... Just before the stuff started. Uh-uh. Rabbids was leaked. <gasps> uh, uh, the Far Cry DLC was leaked. <gasps> so, that's not good. Except for it was only a few hours before, so who cares? Mm. Far Cry DLC is interesting because it's going to let you play as the villains from older Far Cry games. Yeah, yeah. I, they really, in the presentation... Uh, highlighted, and it's a fair, I, I mean, it was a fair thing to highlight. Far Cry at this stage, really since Far Cry 3, has been known for having like these over the top quality villains. Mm-hmm. And so now that's what Far Cry has become is, hey, here's this action game. The mechanics are always the same in all of them, basically. Uh, but there's going to be, you're going to go to watch these villains to scenery. Yeah. It, 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 it's like, it's like every Far Cry villain, if it was a movie, is going to be played by Jeremy Irons. Yeah, yeah. That, Dungeons and Dragons, total yeah. scene chewing. Like, I gotta earn this paycheck. I know it's schlock that yeah. I earn. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, exactly. So, yeah. And I never played Far Cry 3, but I have played, uh, I played 4 and 5, and yeah, their villains were very over the top. And I, I enjoy those games. That, that, so that's something that the new, the new Far Cry with, uh, what's the actor's name? Darksaber dude from Mandalorian. Oh, uh, Giancarlo? Mm hmm. Yeah, you know, from breaking. I, I mean, yeah. that's who it looked like to me in the video. I'm assuming that's who mocap did. Probably. It looked like his face. Yeah. So I'm like, they're totally dark sabering it. And he can choose scenery because he does a oh, Mandalorian. He does, it, he does it so good. <laughs> so He's I'm like, so okay. Good. Okay. So yeah, make it all about the villain. Yeah. No, I'm fine with that. So that might, the Far, far Cry stuff might be something I end up getting. I usually, uh, do when they're on sale. Yeah. Well, you get pretty much everything when they're yeah. on sale. Which I understand. Because uh, my notes just jump around here a bunch. Uh, Devolver show was... It's Devolver. It was just an insane show to watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, say what you will about their games. Some people love their games. Some people hate their games. I own several of their games. I don't know if I've ever actually beat any of them. Yeah, I it, think it, they're it, mostly it, just a publisher of the four indies. So the game much. style varies very, a lot. But like, Devol- other than maybe there's kind of a weirdness to them. Generally, I don't really think they fit in a genre. They or don't. I, I buy their stuff mainly because I like to support them because some of the stuff they do, like their videos, makes me laugh enough. That's like, I can buy one of your games. That makes it worthwhile. Um, I saw announcements about Elden Ring. I don't know anything about that. Uh, it, it, it's the, the new game. From it's a collaboration with George R. R. Martin because he's got to find something to do other than finishing his novels that he doesn't know how to finish. Mm. And um, uh, from software, and uh, okay, Hidetaki Miyazaki from you know Souls, Souls games. Yeah, games. it's basically a Souls game with a story written by George R. R. Martin. So hey, people seem super excited about it. It's due out uh, in January of next year. But I mean, I don't but. Care. The aesthetic has been awesome in those games, but like I don't know if I can. I don't even know. I thought it would. I don't know why I tricked myself into thinking it, Sekiro would be different, and it is, but it isn't. It's just right, and I think I, it's, that's it's what just too hard. It's just too hard for me. I guess I'm just too weak at this point. It took a lot 
for me to finish Dark Souls. And I did, and I felt I proved myself with that, and I don't need to prove myself anymore. Yeah, it, it very much falls into the the get good noob category of games. Yeah, and, and okay. I'm not going to get good. I, it's I, not my style. And it's like, I don't know, I, like, I'm more tolerant of that in a platformer than I am in a hack and slash. I don't know. And yeah. that's always been the case for me. Yeah. So, okay, well, a lot of people like it. There's an expansion for Watch Dogs Legion coming out, which I've heard nothing but good things about Watch Dogs yeah, Legion. Yeah, I just I've I played the played first it. Watch Dogs, and I know that one's the worst. It, it is. is. The second like, one was a lot better. So I really enjoyed I just, the second. I have, but, but I've because of that, Legion. I've never had an interest in going back to that world. Right. Uh, though, in, interestingly enough, is it's the the expansion is due out in like two weeks, three weeks, uh, and it's a prequel. Mm. It, it, it's, it, it follows the character from, uh, one of the previous games as they go to London, like before Legions actually starts. Okay. So it's interesting. Uh, Rainbow Six Siege announced they're getting crossplay. Uh, it'll be on PC, Stadia, and Luna by the end of the month. What is Luna? I've never it's heard of Amazon's it. Amazon's version of Stadia. So Stadia. Which is a perfectly valid game system and is very enjoyable as I've gotten multiple emails and messages about. And it's the future of gaming, allegedly. But Luna is their allow Allow me. All four of you will now have the opportunity to cross play with, you know, a large player base. Yes. Yes. Basically, that's what it amounts to. Uh, And then they're supposed to... be bringing in Xbox and PlayStation early so, next year. So I saw some other stuff about crossplay as well. So has PlayStation finally dropped all their Walled Garden stuff? I think they because it feels like they did, but I missed the memo. I, that's what it feels like. Is okay. I think I think when they when they were finally broken down, they didn't they didn't make a huge deal out of it. It yeah. just happened. Well, I thought kind of like after you did it with like Fortnite and stuff. Yeah. Who care? Who cares on Rainbow? Six? I mean, Rainbow Six is a very a successful game for Ubisoft, but it's not right. Fortnite. Right. No, I think it's just a thing that happens now. Okay. Um, for my for my kids, they were very excited. Among Us is getting a hide and seek, hide and seek mode and, a, and a, a fifth map. Okay. I you know here's the thing. I've played Among Us. It's fine. It's I think it's a very fun game to watch the right people streaming. Uh, but the thing is, is I feel really happy. For those developers who put that game out years ago and suddenly it went viral. And while it's not quite as huge as it was last fall, it's still huge for them. Mm. Good for those guys. Well, yeah. Man. That's not, that's, that's like the, it's the feel good stories. Yeah. Then warm our hearts. Uh, two point studio is following up two point hospital with two point campus, which is just, it, it's, I just hope someday they'll find a third point. That's I, my goal. I haven't played two point hospital, but I've watched, I, I've watched some people play it and I've seen some of the, there is some hilarious stuff. Is Mark, in that did game. Mark Silk do voice work in Two Point Hospital? That might be. I think he did. That might be the one yeah. that I've heard him mention. Huh. Yeah, but I've I've seen some. There's some hilarious stuff in those games. So good for them. Uh, for some reason, Jurassic World Evolution is getting a sequel. I guess that game sold actually sold enough to have them put out another. Hmm. It's basically uh, Zoo. It's like dinosaurs. Zoo yeah, yeah, Zoo Tycoon for for dinosaurs. dinosaurs yeah, so. But not as good as as the actual zoo type. Well, does we yeah. we know those animal behavior better because they're real, right? Like alive still. Yeah, I should say the dinosaurs aren't real. Uh, Controversy. <laughs> the most interesting thing, uh, 
one of the most more interesting announcements to me. Metal Slug Tactics. It mm. is a Metal Slug themed game that is a grid based tactical. Oh wow! So I I kind of want. Well, you do like tactical I games. Do. I I love the. You style got a soft. You got a soft spot for it. I do, but this turn based tactical, kind of like a Final Fantasy Tactics, and all, I just yeah, and Metal Metal Slug. It's so much fun. Yeah, I'm into it. Uh, all the big shows are starting here in just half an hour, uh, and running. So next episode, we'll have a lot, we'll have a lot of the big stuff. Uh, EA outside of E3 did announce the latest Battlefield game. Yeah, I saw the trailer for that. I'm looking for, I'm glad they're finally gone. I'm going to air quote, people can't see the air quotes. They've gone modern again. It's actually a little bit in the future, but, yeah. but I, um, I liked the one set in World War One, but the online is just even as creative as they got, giving you like all these stupid prototype weapons and stuff. Yeah. It was still just it didn't feel like Battlefield because they didn't have the vehicles. Right. And then World War Two is a lot better, but it's still like you're not you don't have RPGs and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you don't just, have the same level. Of- no, no. But like I really like like Bad Company Two, Battlefield Three, Battlefield Four, and this is getting more into that spirit, so I'm really looking forward to it. I don't know about what weatherlution, as I'm going to start calling it. So now, uh, instead of levolution with the buildings being dropped, now it's like, oh no, we're fighting in a tornado! Like, yeah. Okay, uh, there, guys. There, there were some things. Guys. I like the fact that what we uh, liked is the wrong word. I found it interesting that the um, the the bad guys are people who no longer have countries. Hmm. They're, 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 how do they put them? They're not expats, they're no pats. Huh, you know, this sounds like a plot to a falcon and a soldier from the winter times yeah. that I saw yeah, recently. Yeah, it was weird. But it, it was also humorous that it, throughout the entire trailer, there's, you see all these, 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 these no pats, these non pats, they're fighting, and, but the only name you ever see clearly on a name tag is one of the non pats has the name tag Espinosa. That's the only name tag in the entire trailer, and you see it like five times. Hmm. Just in case you didn't know. And no campaign for this game. And no campaign. No Battle Royale. Hmm. Uh, they are doing a... Um, it's going to have a narrative that you will that will open as they put out more stuff in the seasons of the multiplayer. So I'm wondering if that's kind of like how Titanfall 1 did its narrative storytelling at the, in the multiplayer. In the multiplayer. Uh, which is okay. I mean, let me be fair. I am a huge fan and supporter of DICE's Battlefield series. Their campaigns have been terrible yeah. since the Bad Company campaigns. So I don't lament them dropping it because quite frankly, it's been like well, I'm not a Call of Duty multiplayer fan. Call of Duty's campaigns are a lot better yeah, than what Battlefield is turning out. And they're also turning Battlefield into a hero shoot. <gasps> they're picking out specialists, uh, named hero characters with their own traits and abilities that complement the existing class system. Mm-hmm. And my understanding is they're making tweaks to how their class system is going to work in this as well. So it's no longer like going in as a recon and going in as a as a support. Right. Uh, but instead, you more choose the specs, and you can take any equipment you want in. So like, I, you get perks, I you guess. Get perks. You, you get, choose the perks. Is, is it going to be more like the card, kind of like the cards and hero system, I wonder, like, from, uh, uh... My, the way it read, the way it was explained to me was that it sounds like you can go in with any guns you want now. 
And then there'll be other things that determine the benefits that you confer to your the rest of your squad. So you're still doing classes, but one of the big things was always like, if you wanted uh, a light machine gun, you had to be the guy who carried the and threw out the ammo packs. Like right. You couldn't throw out health packs as that guy in the old games. And if you wanted a sniper rifle, that meant your your kit was such that you couldn't fight tanks. Right. So it was like, okay, well, if you want to fight tanks, you need to be an assault or you need to be an engineer. But then when you're an engineer, your gun choices were like garbage. So right. it's all really like front, like people were choosing classes based off of the firearms they wanted, not the perks that would help their team. Like in theory, like in Battlefield Three, for example, you wanted a different like class person for every single one of your squad mates because that was the best way to get a synergy for all the perks. But no one did that, right? Because nobody wanted to have the correct. No, it's like, oh, we're getting overrun by tanks. Everyone switched to engineers. The only class with RPGs, right? That's how it was. So, uh, the game is going to be, uh, the multiplayer on PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X slash S. Gosh, I read that a lot today. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, will support 128 players. That is a lot. I must wonder if that's going to be too overwhelming. Well, well, I mean, there's going to be 100 snipers per team. Exactly. One medic. And everybody else have rockets. And I'll be the only person at Point Echo claiming it. Yeah. Because everyone else is in the hills trying to <laughs> snipe. Now, PS4 and Xbox One will only support 64 players. Understandable. Um, they've got three game modes coming out. The standard Conquest and Breakthrough game modes are being combined into one, like, game mode series title. Uh, there's going to be a new squad-based game mode called Hazard Zone, and a third one that will be announced at the big EA event in July. Hmm. Uh, sounds like they're still not doing Rush or emphasizing, which is too bad. I miss Rush. It used to be really well balanced in the old days, but Conquest was always their main mode, which yeah. was my overall favorite one. Too, so. so that sounds like that's what they're going to be mainly pushing. The mm-hmm. game is due out in October. Mm-hmm. so uh, Usual Battlefield time. Pretty normal. Uh, and the last thing we have to cover here in video games uh, in this what's actually an amazingly short episode considering everything that's we're being efficient. Through is uh, Sonic creator Yuji Naka. Gotta go fast. Who came back uh, and joined Square Enix and put out a new game called Balan Wonderworld, has left Square Enix, and in an interview said he's probably going to retire. I haven't heard of Balan and Wonderworld. That's because it was that bad. Wow. It, it sold less than 2,100 copies in Japan. Oh. Ouch. In its opening week. It wow. uh, didn't even break the top 40 games in game sales. It's opening week anywhere. It flopped hard. Mm. And, you know, Square is all about games that flop hard lately. <laughs> oh, no. Marvel. But <gasps> it, it it was real bad. Uh, it, I mean, because it, it launched in March and uh, Yuji Naka left Square at the end of April. And that was the big combination that we talked about this in after the big square event as a game that some people were looking forward to because it re, because it, it put Yuji back together with the composer for the original Sonic games. Mm. All the reviews of Balan Wonder World is like, yeah, it's all the terrible stuff about nineties games. Wow. So, uh, there's one, uh, one other game that I wanted to mention that, uh, wasn't in the, in the list and that back on Ubisoft. It was a little weird because they, they talked a bit about a Rainbow Six Siege and the crossplay, but they also have another Rainbow Six where you fight aliens. 
Did you remember seeing about that? It was. I didn't. I didn't okay. watch their. I didn't okay. watch their whole presentation. They spent a. Uh, they actually. It was probably their long longest presentation period. They. They. I forget the name of it, but it's something. It's something really it's Rainbow bad, Six, like something. convergence or something. Uh, it's something really still like the most stereotypical alien name stuff you could think of. Is it uh, quarantine? Uh, might be. Um. So the uh oh extraction. There we go, extraction. Thank you. Rainbow Six extraction. Yeah, so named because if the aliens take down one of your operators, you have to go in and extract them so you can play with them again. It's kind of like taking some roguelike elements in the sense that it sounds like you build up pro- it's got uh, it's got a lot of the same operators as they call the classes in in Siege in this. You go along and you make progress in building these characters up. My understanding is that progress can be lost, so hence the roguelike elements to it. Uh, if people are defeated while you're going further and further in these towers or however they're doing the facilities, then it gets harder and harder as you go through, but you're getting better and better loot and, and stuff out of it. The aliens look, the stuff looks, it's like a, it's PVE though. It's not like one group of people's playing as the aliens. So it's like a single player. Well, it's designed to be co-op. Right. But. I don't know. It looks so, both super generic and like I was going along. It's like, here's this ability. I'm like, that's from Halo. Here's this other ability. That's from Battlefield. Here's this, here's this other ability. Well, that's clearly from Siege. Uh, <laughs> here's this ability. It's like, oh, whoa. And the stuff turns into the slime. It looks like it's from that new version of Prey. You just like everything <laughs> all blended together into this, this like mediocrity. I don't know. Uh, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six X Call. They spent a lot of time on that, and then they spent a lot of their time on uh, I I don't remember the name of it. I'm gonna call it SSX Jetpack. It's some like extreme sports thing, and it was showing like dirt biking and um, you know uh, half pipe stuff, and then people in wingsuits with jets. And I was like, it was sort of grounded, and then they threw it's jets. It. They threw jets on bikes too. It's like, of course. you can't just put jet engines on everything. Oh, apparently in, in Ubisoft, you can. They spent a ton of time on that. And I was just like, it just looked too fake. I just, I don't know. Whatever. I don't It's care. like the, remember a couple of years ago, D3, they did the, they had the big, uh, what was that game called? Summit? Yeah. It was like Summit, except this had, uh, both winter and summer stuff. Yeah. I actually played a demo of Summit. Or no, I didn't play a demo of it. I got it for free. As when I was uh, uh, as part of my uh, PlayStation account thing, it was one of the free oh, games. Okay, offered. yeah. Oh, too bad. I was hoping for like something more like SSX tricky. Yes, yeah. and it, it, it was very much not. Yeah, this was all about like here wear stupid costumes and and unlock all these more stupid costumes and so it's know, Fortnite Extreme Sports Edition, kinda. Yeah. Freaking for less building, but more, more, more like taunts. I'm yeah. sure. Okay, well that's the show. We'll have more E3 news on the next show yep. when it's real stale. Uh, when it's real stale, but it will, it'll make that episode a lot longer. Maybe I don't know. We can talk really fast. Yeah, we can. We actually push through stuff pretty quick. Uh, those I want to reach out to us, uh, you can always email eclecticgamerspodcast at gmail or go to facebook.com slash eclecticgamerspodcast. We're available on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram as eclectic underscore gamers. And we'll be talking definitely about video games next uh, next time. Uh, until then, my name is Dennis. And I'm pretty sure we'll be talking about pinball also. I'm Tony.
Goodbye. See ya.